Welcome to another inspiring message recorded at Thrive Church, a church passionate about moving people towards Jesus. Good morning, Thrive. Good morning, 8 o'clock. You guys are looking amazing. Congratulations to all of those of you who got baptized this morning. Isn't it beautiful to watch people get baptized? You know, I was thinking about it. Jesus never told us how to build church. He never told us what our churches should look like. All he did was he said there are two things to do. Make sure you take communion and make sure you baptize. And uh, so this morning, it's such a privilege. So welcome to you. If you're uh, new with us this morning, I want to echo the welcome that Carmen gave you. And, and say to you, hey, if you're sitting in church and maybe you thought like this morning was a little bit too quick to get baptized, but you feel God stirring you, there's another opportunity at our 5 p.m. this afternoon where if you do want to get baptized, we'd love, love, love to help you. We've got towels and clothes and all of those good things, and we'll, we'd love to take care of you in that. So feel free and feel welcome and respond to what Jesus might be saying to you this morning. Um, I wanna let you know, uh, Valentine's Day is coming up already. Can you believe it? Hey, it's nuts. All the men are getting heart palpitations. <laughs> I'm about to solve your problem if you're a man. This book is called The Five Love Languages, and it's available at the Resource Center. Each one of us have certain love languages and pretty much all of us fit into one or two of these five love languages. If you want to know how it is that you can love your spouse more deeply, more meaningfully, and more, most importantly, that in, in a way that will connect with them, the things at the Resource Center, and I think it's going for 195 Rand, and um, your Valentine's Day could change, and for once you could come out a winner on Valentine's Day if you're a guy. There we go. <laughs> And speaking of things that are important, uh, you would have seen Vision Sunday is coming up, and Vision Sunday is on the 9th of February here at Boxburg, and we are just so, we are just, we carry such an amazing burden for what it is that we believe God's going to do in and through our church this year. At Thrive Church, we exist to help people move towards Jesus. If you're new with us, it's important that you know we want to help people move towards Jesus. And we, we do that in three simple ways. We wanna help people be with Jesus. We wanna help us, all of us, become like Jesus, and eventually we'll do what we did. You see, when we be with him, then it means that that's devotional. And we'll, when we be with him, we start to become like him. And then when we become like him, we start to do what he did. And Vision Sunday is a time when, as a church, we gather to look at and to pray into and to trust God for what it is that he wants to deposit specifically this year in 2020 into the life of our church. So Vision Sunday is on the 9th of Feb, two weeks time. I wanna encourage you, make sure you're in the house for that so that you get the vision firsthand and so that you can allow God to speak into your heart and into your life. Awesome. Can I ask us to stand and let's pray together as we do so. Who here would like God to speak to them directly this morning? Amen? The exciting thing about opening his word is that he does that. And that there aren't these special moments or special people where you have to have done something right in order for God to speak to you. He can speak to you directly at any moment at any time. And let's trust this morning that that would be one of them. Amen? So to come, let's pray. Father, we ask that you would speak to us clearly, we pray that you would speak into our hearts, that you would build something deep 
a deep deposit into our lives this morning. We pray that you would grant us the gift of faith as we open your word this morning, that the text would rub off on us, that the text would um, be like a fragrance that we catch this morning, and that you would do your work in our lives. And everybody at 8 a.m., if you're alive and kicking, shout, amen. amen. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. Have a seat, and let's get into it. We're in a series called Leave Nothing for the Next Life. In January, what a great thought to have for the month of January about how it is in our lives we can leave nothing for the next life. In other words, it's a series about how to let it all get out there. It's a series about how it is that we can increase the levels of passion and lean in for the year. This morning, I want to speak to us about a prayer that leaves nothing for the next life. Have you ever wondered how to pray in such a way that you leave nothing for the next life? In other words, that by the time you exit this planet, you have done and prayed everything that you could possibly have prayed. That there are no regrets, that there's no baggage left behind, that there's no, nothing in your life that you thought, I wish I'd tried that, or I wish I'd attempted that, or I wish I'd had faith for that. Well, this prayer fits squarely into that. This morning, how to pray like there's nothing else coming. It's a prayer that leaves nothing for the next life. About 10 or 12 years ago, I can't exactly recall, I got given a little book as a gift. It's a little square book like this. It was probably only 70 or 80 pages, but the book transformed my life. The book contained a very simple four-line prayer, just four lines two sentences, anyone can memorize it. By the end of today, I think you probably will have. And it transformed my life. It was the second most important prayer that I think I've ever prayed in my life, second only to the prayer to invite Christ into my life. So I would say if I had to rank prayers, as it were, that prayer to invite Christ into my life was the most important. This prayer would have been second. It was that catalytic. It was that transformative. It was that effective. It did that much, actually, in our lives. And I realized I've never preached on this before. I've never taught on it before. Certainly, many others have, but I've never taught on this prayer, and I've never taught our church this simple four-line, two-sentence prayer that has the power to transform your life. It's a prayer prayed by a man called Jabez. Some of you have probably never even heard of the dude. Well, the reason you haven't, if you haven't, is because you'll find him hiding in one of the most obscure, one of the least known chapters of Scripture, in one of the least known books of the Bible. He, his little prayer is found in the book of First Chronicles, and it is uh, nestled or sort of slotted right in the middle of some of the most boring Scripture you could ever hope to read. It's found in 1 Chronicles chapter four. I want to give you just a taste as to, as to the very, really riveting and interesting stuff that goes on around this prayer. For example, 1 Chronicles chapter four, verse one. Listen to this. The sons of Judah, Perez, Hezron, Kami, Hur, Shobal, Reah, the son of Shobal, fathered Jahath, and Jahath fathered Ahumai and Lahad, and these were the clans of the Zoratites. And it goes on and on and on. <laughs> So, if you've never heard of Jabez, I don't blame you, because Jabez is mentioned right in the midst of this rather long and tedious genealogy of the Israelite nation, but right in the middle of it, just in two verses, guys, is 
almost smuggled. It's almost like God smuggled this prayer in here and thought, I'm gonna see who's got the fortitude to read through all these names because the reward for that is if you hang with this, you get this prayer. I feel like God smuggled it into scripture. But the reward is great. 1 Chronicles 4, verse 9 and 10. In a, you know, sandwiched into this rather tedious section of text is this. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel. Here's his prayer. Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. End of the story of Jabez. That's all you get. His mom named him Pain. Now listen, I know the pain, excuse the pun, of living with a name like chicken. I don't wanna hear any of you muhus moaning about your surnames. Mine is worse. <laughs> don't nod so vehemently, all of you. We don't know why she named him Pain. It might have been emotional pain. It might have been the physical pain of childbirth. It might have been something deeply painful in her life. All we know is that she named him Pain. Can you imagine for a moment being called Pain? What a terrible start to life. And we don't know much about this incredible man called Jabez other than three things. We know it started off badly for him. We know that he prayed a simple, earnest, faithful prayer, and we know that things ended very well for him. There are simply four requests that Jabez makes. Four requests that's a model that each one of us can pray. The first is, Lord, that you would bless me. Bless me. The reason Jabez prayed this is because he knew he needed to shake off the word, the name, pain. Jabez needed to shake off what the previous generation had put on him. In our country, it doesn't matter whether we're white, black, colored, or Indian, we have to, as South Africans, shake off what the previous generation has given to us. Are you with me? It's, it, is, it is so important, no matter which demographic grouping we belong to, that we acknowledge that, the, that our previous generations passed something down to us. Some of it good, some of it healthy, but we must shake off that which has been spoken over us, that which has been put upon us, that which has been passed down to us, which is not healthy. So Jabez prays, God, would you bless me indeed? He had heard God was a God of miracles, so why not pray for one? Now, you might ask yourself, is it not selfish to pray for blessing? 
I mean, is this some sort of prosperity gospel here that we're learning today? I wanna say this to you, not if you understand the purpose of blessing, not if you understand, not if we understand what blessing is. Let me give you a definition of what blessing is. Blessing means to ask for or to impart supernatural favor. It is to ask for the wonderful and unlimited goodness that only God has the power to know or to give us. The blessing of God is biblical. It is deeply biblical. God's nature is such that he would bless it. We see in the creation account that whatever God created, he blessed. Therefore, if he created us as human beings, it is his desire that he would bless us. Now, hold that thought, because I want to complete it in just a moment. Blessing is a deeply biblical thing. Proverbs 10, it tells us the Lord's blessing is our greatest wealth. The Lord's blessing is our greatest wealth, not our share options. Are you with me? The Lord's blessing is our, but here's the thing. Jabez then leaves the type of blessing that God is going to give him up to God. Do you notice that Jabez doesn't pray any more specifically than that, guys. He simply says, Lord, that you would bless me. I know that you're a good God and therefore I will leave the type of blessing, I'll leave the amount of blessing and I'll leave the timing of the blessing in your hands. I'm not gonna second guess you, I'm not gonna twist your arm, I'm simply gonna pray according to your character. I know your character is such to bless your people. Therefore, God, I got named pain. You know I got off to a rough start. You know things have been tough for me. You know things have been passed on to me. Things have been put on my life. Things have been spoken on my life. I'm going to reverse the curse that has been put on me and I'm simply gonna ask you to bless me. And then Jabez trusts in the father heart of God not to be prescriptive about the type of blessing. He simply asks for a blessing, trusting that the father knows best, trusting that our good God would bless in the way that God knows is best. When was the last time you asked God to bless you? To bless you. I heard a story about a Mr. Jones. Mr. Jones dies and he goes to heaven. He meets St. Peter at the gates of heaven. And St. Peter's uh, like the usher. You know, like the ushers in church, they show you where to sit. Well, St. Peter's the usher in heaven. He's gonna show Mr. Jones his mansion. He says, hey, Mr. Jones, welcome, welcome, welcome. We've been waiting for you. You know that pneumonia, it was pretty rough, but now you're on the other side, here you are. <laughs> We've been waiting for you. Welcome to heaven. And Mr. Jones goes, oh, that's awesome. He says, now, um, come with me. Your, your, your house is along the street. And he's walking and Mr. Jones is looking at the streets paved with gold and the pavements made of mother of pearl. And Mr. Jones is like, this is so rad. And he gets to his mansion and his mansion is pretty cool. And as he walks through the mansion, St. Peter's showing him his dining room and his living room and his, all of this stuff, you know? And Mr. Jones is, this is the most incredible thing ever. And then there's a, then there's a, a door that, that's sealed, it's shut, it's locked. And it's the only door that St. Peter hasn't shown Mr. Jones. What's behind the door? It's the only room that stayed closed. And Mr. Jones says to Peter, hey, Peter, um, what, what's, what's behind the door? He says, oh, 
I don't, I don't think you should go in there. So Mr. Jones goes, why not? He says, no, I don't, I don't think you'll like what's behind there. Mr. Jones goes, but this is heaven. There should be nothing that I don't like. He says, please, Peter, open it for me. And Peter says, are you, are you sure? Do you really want to see what's behind that door? He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the only door I haven't seen yet. It's the only room. Please open the door for me. Peter goes, listen, uh, please sign this disclaimer. <laughs> T's and C's apply, you know. So he opens the door and Mr. Jones walks into this massive room just piled with boxes and boxes and boxes. And each box has a label on that says, to Mr. Jones. And, and Mr. Jones says to Peter, well, what's in the boxes? Peter says, oh, uh, I, don't think you, I don't think you wanna open those boxes. Peter goes, okay, we've been through this before. We already know, I do. So can I open the boxes? Peter goes, that's fine, Mr. open the boxes. And Mr. Jones opens the first box. And in the box is a blessing that he could have had in his life, but he'd never asked God. He opens the second box, the third box. The fourth. By the end of the day, Mr. Jones has opened thousands of boxes, all containing a blessing that God had wanted to give him, but he had never asked for. I think sometimes we're like that. If you ask God to bless you, not so that you can be rich, not so that you can be famous, not for your ego, not so that you can build an empire. We ask him to bless us so that our lives can be a blessing to other people. Are you with me? We, we, we ask him to bless us because those who have been given much, much is required. So Jabez prays, hey God, would you bless me indeed? And then he goes, enlarge my territory. That's the second part of the prayer. Bless me and enlarge my territory. Enlarge my territory. Now in Israel's recent history, the time at which Jabez prayed this prayer, guys, Israel had just been divided up amongst nations and well, amongst tribes and families and clans, right? So the, the thought of, um, of borders and territory was, was uppermost in the Israelites' minds. And Jabez prays a very important prayer. He says, God, would you enlarge my territory? In other words, what I have been allotted in life, would you enlarge that? When was the last time you prayed that God would enlarge what you have been allotted in life? This is about asking God to enlarge your life so that you and I, we can make an impact and a greater impact for them. We do not ask God for blessing and for enlarged territories so that we can have a bigger slice of the pie, so that we can be more comfortable, so that we can be more secure, so that our empire can be built, so that our ego can be boosted. We ask Him this because we want impact. We want significance. We want um, purpose. Are you with me? I think sometimes our equation in life goes like this. I know mine does. My abilities and experience and training and personality and appearance and past and the expectations of others equals my assigned territory. All right? In other words, it's all up to whatever I've got within me. But Jabez prays differently and he goes, rather my willingness and my weakness and God's supernatural power equals my expanding territory. Jabez asks for his borders 
to be enlarged. Business people, business owners, when was the last time you asked God to enlarge your business? When was the last time you asked him specific prayers? God, would you enlarge my customer base? Would you enlarge the wealth level of my customer base? Would you enlarge my sales force? Would you enlarge my stock? Are you with me? Would you enlarge my stock, my staff? Bring me the right staff. Would you, would you enlarge my service offering? Would you enlarge my mind to be able to conceive of new product offerings, new service offerings? Are you with me? When was the last time you asked God to enlarge your territory? As business owners ask, as we work for people, as we work in companies, let's be people who pray for the enlargement of the business for which we work. Let's pray for its welfare because if it prospers, we will prosper. Are you with me? Why? Because we can pray for enlarged impact. We should be praying for our country. Father, enlarge the wisdom of those who lead us. Enlarge their hearts for justice. Stretch them. Grow them, God. Help them to be bigger people. Remove anybody who is corrupt out of the system. Enlarge the wisdom of those who lead us. Put wise people in charge of us. Are you with me? Are you catching what I'm saying, eight o'clock? Let's pray for an enlargement. Those of you who own businesses, I wanna tell you this morning, just in a minute, about the most incredible way you can enlarge your influence, your impact, your significance. Instead of giving the, the, the money to the tax man, you could use as a write-off donations to Shine. Shine can give you section 18A tax exemption. It means any cent you donate to Shine is tax-free. It's written off against your bottom line, thereby reducing your tax burden. There's a way that you can increase and impact uh, lives in Reicha Park. Learners in our literacy program, people being tutored in grades 10 and 11. You can enlarge your territory simply by thinking strategically. How is it I can give any last cent that I've got in my business that would have gone to tax, let me give it to Shine. Very clever way of doing things. Serving in church is a way that you can enlarge your territory. So your territory on a Sunday is not simply to come and receive the word. Your territory on Sunday is now that, that you impact others, that you serve others, that you follow Jesus' example. Serving in this church is a way that you can enlarge your territory. Say, God, give me impact. Well, serve people. God, give me influence. Serve people. God, give me significance. Serve people. The, the pathway to significance is through the servant-heartedness of Christ. On Sunday, each and every one of us, we have an opportunity. Those of us who, who give our lives away by serving others, we have an opportunity to impact others, to increase our significance, to enlarge our territory. My territory is larger because I've served. We give and we invest into the local church because it enlarges our impact. It expands our borders. Every single rand that I sow and invest into this place, I know lives beyond me, lives beyond my month. All of a sudden, my money takes on a morality. All of a sudden, my money takes on purpose much bigger than just simply my household. It's a great reason to give into the life of the church and to sow and to invest is because your money now has enlarged territory. Your money goes much further than simply your household and my household. Can I get some amens? God always intervenes when we put his agenda before ours and resources follow. So Jabez prays, hey God, would you bless me? Then he goes, would you enlarge my territory? And the third aspect of the prayer is, would you let your hand be with me? 
please let your hand be with me. I love the fact that Jabez didn't start with let your hand be with me. It's only after he realized it was, oh, you know, I've asked God to bless me and enlarge my territory. Uh-oh, I need help. Because if God does bless me and God does enlarge my territory, man alive, I need his hand upon my life to look after and to steward all that he's given me. At that stage, you know, when Jabez prayed the first two, God blessed me, enlarged my territory. At that stage, things were still manageable. Things were still hunky-dory. Now, now things start to flow and Jabez goes, oh, I better look after this. I need the hand of the Father on my life. I saw this in my own life the other day. Caleb and I went for a ride along a, a stretch that we go on quite often. And he's, he's learned how to ride, but he's not comfortable going up and down hills just yet. Up hills, he starts to fade quite quickly. Down hills, he feels like he's going a bit too fast. So we were gonna start on a downhill. And I said to him, okay, go for it, boy. And he says to me, no, no, I can't, Dad. I said, what do you mean? You know how to go. He goes, no, no, it's, it's a downhill. I need your hand on me before I can feel comfortable. You with me? So I had to put my one hand on the saddle and the other hand on his shoulder. And because we started on a downhill, he knew things were gonna accelerate really quickly. Jabez, I think, knew things were gonna accelerate really, really quickly. He knew he needed the hand of his father on him to steady him so that he didn't fall with what God was about to do in his life. So he goes, God, would you bless me? Bless me. Enlarge my territory. Oh God, please put your hand on me because if you don't, hey, I'm... Up the pedal, up the creek without a pedal. The hand of God is the biblical term for God's power and presence in the lives of his people. It's very important to understand this. The hand of God is the biblical term for God's power and presence in the lives of his people. And his power and presence is given through the Holy Spirit. In the book of Acts, Acts is the book and fifth book of the New Testament. It describes and records the growth of the early church. It talks about how the early church of Jesus grew and enlarged and spread all over the then known world. There was, uh, I, hope, I hope you'll hear me in this moment, there was one reason and one reason alone that the early church exploded. The hand of the Lord was upon them. Remember, the hand of God is, uh, is, is, is a way of describing God's presence and God's power. The Holy Spirit was upon the early church. Let me say this to you. In our Western individualized society, we end up striving a lot, don't we? But you know, when the hand of God is on something, acceleration follows. Can I encourage you for 2020 to strive much, much less and to pray much, much more for simple things. Lord, that you'd bless me. Enlarge my territory. Lord, that your hand would be with me. Because when your hand's upon me, supernatural acceleration happens. And the last thing that Jabez prays is, Keep me from harm. Keep me from harm. Jabez knew he, he needed protection. If you think about it, let me ask you the question. 
Whose turf do you think you were stepping on big time by praying this prayer? Whose toes was he trotting on big time? The devil's. When you pray a prayer like this, Jabez prays in wisdom to round it off by saying, keep me from harm. Yeah, I saw a picture of a gladiator with his sword fallen, a dropped sword and a lion about to take him out. Kind of like the picture that you'll see on the screen. And the caption on it was, sometimes you can afford to come second and sometimes you can't. <laughs> are, you, are you with me? Sometimes you can afford to come second, sometimes you can't. The scripture describes the devil as a lion prowling around, seeking who it is that he can take out. Now in our church, we don't spend a lot of time talking about the devil because we know that every knee bows to the name of Jesus. So we're all about helping people move towards Jesus. But every now and then, it's really important to remind us that we do have an enemy of our soul and he does seek to take us out. And his efforts are intensified when you pray that the Lord would bless you, that he would enlarge your territory, that his hand would be upon you so that your life can have impact, your life can have significance, your life can have purpose. Guess what, the devil would not be happy with that. This is not a battle we can afford to come second in. And so Jabez prays, hey, would you just keep me from harm? I, I, I thought to myself, maybe he would have been tempted to have prayed, well, God, you've blessed me and you've enlarged my territory. Your hand's with me. Listen, I think maybe he would have prayed, God, God, keep me through harm. He doesn't because he doesn't even trust himself. He goes, keep me from harm. How many of you know that prevention is better than cure? I heard a story from Bruce Wilkinson, man who wrote this little book called The Prayer of Jabez, tells the story how he had spoken at a conference. It was a five-day conference that had been pretty intense. At the end of the five days, he gets into a taxi cab in New York City, and he's, I mean, he's knackered. He's done. He's absolutely wiped. He's given so much over the last five days. He's just got no resistance at all. And he prays the prayer, and he says to God, God, I really need you to keep me from evil, I need you to keep evil far from me at this time. I'm really, really tired. Because how many of you know when we are most susceptible to temptation? Let me give you a little acronym that somebody gave me. It's when we're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. We should, when, in those times we should halt and pray. So Bruce is feeling this, he's, he's hungry, he's not angry, but he is lonely, he's been away, and he's very tired. So he prays, God, I really need you to keep me away from temptation. He gets into the taxi cab, all goes smoothly until he gets onto the plane. As he gets onto the plane, he has the misfortune of getting the middle seat. How many of you know the middle seat in an aeroplane is from the devil himself? That is Satan's seat. Anybody ever been in a middle seat with two ginormous people next to you? Where they spread into the seat? Yes. So he, he sits in the middle seat and he's got two guys next to him, two men next to him. Next thing you know, one minute into the flight, the one dude pulls out a porn magazine. This is the days when you had porn magazines. And uh, he goes, you. Next thing you know, the, the dude on the other side of him pulls out another porn magazine. He's like, 
God, I prayed that you would keep evil far from me. It's pretty freaking close at the moment. <laughs> so he looks straight ahead and he decides. And he, he, he decides, no, 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 no. Jabez is pressed. Sometimes you've got to press in a little bit. He says, God, would you keep me from harm? so that I wouldn't cause any pain. Will you keep me from harm, please? He presses in. He prays it again. Next thing you know, the dude next to him starts swearing in a frustrated way and closes his magazine and puts it back in his briefcase. Next thing, the, the dude next to him, on the other side of him, starts swearing. I mean, it's a true story. Starts swearing and puts his magazine away. And they both sit there with their folded arms for the remainder of the flight. So he starts laughing. The guys go, what's so funny? He says, you guys wouldn't believe me if I told you. But let me tell you. <laughs> it's interesting to me that Jesus, when he taught us to pray, he prayed, lead us not into temptation. He prayed the same thing as Jabez. Keep me from harm. I want you to notice, there's nothing there about give me spiritual insight, give me special powers, give me a special anointing, give me some holy oil to anoint on myself so I can confront the powers of darkness. Jesus himself doesn't get super spiritual, super spooky and stupid like that. Jesus prays a simple prayer, lead us not into temptation. Why? Because the golden rule is focused more on avoiding temptation than on beating it. Focus more on avoiding temptation than on beating it. Let's recap, shall we? Jabez prays this little prayer. Team's gonna come up, don't get distracted by them. Praise the four little, four part prayer, two line prayer. It's so simple. He says, Father, that you would. This side's amazing. Praise Father, that you would. He says, and then, would you enlarge my territory? Right? Not for the purpose of me being hunky-dory. Not so that I would be super comfortable. Not for my ego. Not for my empire. The purpose of blessing, the, the asking, the requesting of God of the supernatural favor and touch of God is not for us to feel lacquer. It's not for us to walk through life comfortable. It's not so that we would never have to pick up a cross like Jesus said. It is so that He would bless us that we would have impact, that we would have influence, that we would have an enlarged territory, that our lives would count for more. So He says, please bless me indeed. Enlarge my territory. Lord, that Your hand would be with me. That your hand would be with me. Because I need your hand on me. And that you'd keep me from harm. What an amazing four-line prayer. So quick. So simple. But prayed like that? Man, what, a, what an amazing opportunity. To let God's hand be upon us. I'm going to ask us, church, come, could we stand in this moment? And, you know, prayer connects coming up on Wednesday night. 
I saw news said it's next Wednesday, but then they said it's the 29th of January, which doesn't really make sense. So it's this Wednesday. Is everybody clear? Clear as mud, right? It's this Wednesday. And it's gonna be one hour of power, pretty much, seven to eight. We're gonna have coffee beforehand if you want to, coffee afterwards if you want to. Coffee stations will be open before and after. So maybe you're screaming in from work, you know, and you don't have time to connect before, well, there'll be time afterwards. Or maybe you've got a bit of time before the meeting and you wanna connect with a few of your mates and then you need to go and take your kids off to bed. There'll be childcare available as well. But it's a, why? Because it's a time when as a family we're gonna come and we're gonna bring our time of prayer and fasting to an end in a massive celebration. We're gonna pray the prayer of Jabez as a church powerfully for our nation, for our families, for our country, for our leaders, for our church. But right now, can I ask you in this moment, could you stretch your heart to heaven? And let's begin to pray it ourselves. Father, let me lead us. Father, would you come and would you bless our church? Would you enlarge our lives? Come on, why don't you pray it now? Father, would you give us more territory? Father, bless us indeed. Enlarge our territory. Father, that your hand would be with us and that you would keep us from harm. Father, would you give us your favour so that we would have influence and impact and significance. God, would you come and would you have your hand upon our lives in Jesus' name. Come on, church, let's worship. We hope you have been blessed and helped by this message. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.thrivechurch.co.za.